Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Pull up the scripture. It's Acts 2, 2, 46 through 47. And it says in in Acts, so continuing, continuing daily in one accord in the temple and breaking bed from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily to those who were being saved. The title of the message is Holy Spirit, Unity and Love. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity to come before you, Father God. We thank you that we're able to worship you and in that feel your presence, feel your gaze upon us in the moments that we were just in, Father God. As we uh, continue this day of celebration as uh, full of love and fun and We ask that you continue to be with us and that you lift us up and that you empower us. Father, as as I bring this word, Father, I ask that your words flow through me, Father God. That the things that you want to say to your people, to your sons and your daughters, come through, Father God. We thank you, God, because we can come to you and give you everything that we are. And you love us. We pray these things in your son's name, Jesus. Amen and amen. So anyone who knows me or who has been through maybe our next step class, the Know Us, the one where me, Pastor Chino, get together and we talk about uh, greater church and who we are. We do this thing, and this thing is it's an icebreaker. It's basically just to get to know someone. We ask everyone in the group to, to give us their name and then give us a superpower or special talent or skill that they have and then tell us where they're from, like where they're originally from or where uh, they were born and what they do here. And anyone who knows me and who has been through the class knows that my superpower or my skill has, has to do with some sort of cooking, right? I could take two or three things, leftovers from the fridge and something from the cabinet, and I can put it all together and I can make uh, a meal. And it's not just a little meal, it's a meal where it's like great, like a good meal, where they're like surprised, where did you come up with this meal? And this is just something that I do, and being a mom, I know you guys, there's there's probably other moms in the room that can do this and have this superpower also, because it's it's out of necessity. You know, your, your kids are hungry, and they need it, and they need it now, right? So I've kind of uh, tailored this and and and, and been able to um, make this a real superpower in my life where I can put a real meal together within 15 minutes, all right? Um, but one day, I was uh, craving meatloaf, okay? It's, it's kind of a weird thing to crave, but the thing with meatloaf is, is it's not a 15-minute meal, okay? Just so you know, it's not one of those things you can kind of just throw together. It it might take 15 to 20 minutes to prepare it, but then it's got to cook for like 45 minutes, and it's kind of have to, it's got to have like a thing, right? And then so I went out to the store, I got all the ingredients, and I kind of put it together, and I 
And I put it all together and I was super excited. I got the gravy and mashed potatoes and corn and I was ready to have my meatloaf meal. It wasn't for the kids, it wasn't for Tino, it was for me. This is what I wanted, I was craving it. And I was just like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna put it together and I put it together and then halfway through the 40 minutes of cooking, I looked in to peek at it. I'm like, there's something not right. I don't know. I said, well, okay, well, it's still like in a meatloaf form, and that's okay, so we'll just keep going. I'm sure it'll taste good. And then as I was going along, got to the end, and I was ready to do it, you know, you gotta slice it, and it's a meatloaf, meaning like it's like a loaf of bread, it's thick, it's kind of, you cut it, and it becomes packed, you know, like a piece of bread, the meat. Well, when I cut into it, it literally just crumbled into the mess. It turned into like a, a, a ground beef flavored meatloaf is basically what it turned into. And I was like, what could I have done wrong? What did I do? I took so much time, I took so much effort in this thing. And then I realized I missed two ingredients. Eggs. The, eggs the eggs and the bread. I was, I was rushing, I put it, I the sauce, I put the seasoning, I was like, it's gonna taste all good. And I forgot the two most important ingredients when you're talking about meatloaf are the eggs and the bread. I forgot them. I like completely left them out. So needless to say, it tasted great, but it was more like a ground beef mixture of mess and it was meatloaf flavored, okay? So it was good, but you know, that led me to believe, it started when I was doing this message, started thinking about this, it, it led me to where Chino, he's talked about this guy before, Lester Sumrall, he's, he talks about the gifts of the spirit and we're in this message um, speaking about the Holy Spirit. And Lester Sumrall wrote in his book, and he has this quote that says, perhaps the greatest thing about the gifts of the spirit is the two foundational stones which they are laid upon, which is unity and love. It's the gifts of the Spirit, if the gifts of the Spirit are to function in any church body, these two elements must be present. It's just like my crumbly meatloaf, there was these two ingredients that made it a meatloaf. The two main ingredients that allow the Holy Spirit that allow the Holy Spirit to flow, that allow the Holy Spirit to remain in us, to flourish through us, is unity and love. He shared last week, Chino, he, he shared, actually the last couple weeks, he explained to us about the Holy Spirit, that when we come to salvation, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. It comes and he seals and he is in us. But then there's this thing that happens afterwards where the Holy Spirit wants to fill us. And sometimes that word can be weird because you're like, well, I'm already filled, like he already came in, so. But no, it's, it might be a weird word. It's, it's more of, it's like an empowering. He's, the Holy Spirit comes where he, he, you give him the ability to help work through you. And then he begins to start to do things through you. And then all of a sudden there's this confidence or this boldness that comes out of you. And it's like, where did that come from? It wasn't in me from the beginning, but all of a sudden I got it. And all of a sudden you realize, okay, well, I, I'm using this not only for myself to be a better person, but now I'm using this to help others be better persons, right? And that's the filling. And then what he talked about last week, which is the spilling to help others. And it's, and it's so important that he, 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 he shared these with the, this with us. Because how do we do this? How, how are we supposed to, to, to do this life without the Holy Spirit? Well, how, how are we supposed to do this without the ability to, to do it? 
I mean, we've, we've all been in a place where we're like, okay, I've done this on my own for long enough. Obviously, that's probably the point that got you to where you needed salvation. How do we do this alone? And God gives us the tools, and one of the tools is the Holy Spirit in our life. He shared uh, all these things, but he shared in Acts 1 where Jesus has uh, told us to be witnesses. And then he shared in Matthew 28, 19, where he calls us to make disciples. And we need the Holy Spirit to help us do these things, not only to, to be witnesses and to make disciples what our assignment is, but also to just live the daily lives that we have. Because just like Chino was explaining with moms, and, and we're not just the only ones that go through the struggles of mom, 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 and that constant, you know, men, they go through things that they struggle with of having to be providers and, and be the dad. We all go through these things, but we need the Holy Spirit to help us. And the surefire way to, 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 to hinder that the hinder that tool in our life is to remove unity and love. And by the way, ladies, just as for moms, because we're on Mother's Day, guess what? You want your family to flourish? You want, you want your family to remain a family? It's not just for the Holy Spirit, but the family needs unity and love. And I believe that this Mother's Day, that it is a that is this a message for us because it's just such a great depiction of what a mother promotes. When, 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 when mothers are in the family, what are they trying to do? Bring people together, bring the kids together. Okay, don't fight with him, don't say that, that's not nice, don't do that. It's unity, become united and love. There, there's nothing like a mother's love. There's just a nurturing that automatically comes out of a mother, yeah. unity. Acts 2.1, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place. So this tells us that the church, it was actually born in unity. And in Acts 2, 46 through 47, it says, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and the breaking of bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who who were being saved. The church, it was actually born in unity, but it was also sustained in unity. It's important that we're united because there's a few things that are, that's really, really important when it comes to God telling us that we need to be united. One, number one, is unity has power. Here at Greater, Greater Church, our mission, if you've gone to Next Steps, and if you haven't, please come. We're not having it this week, but we're gonna be having it uh, next week, and, and come, come learn a little bit of something about who we are, but our mission here at Greater Church is born out of Matthew 28, 19, and our mission is to reach and empower people towards a relationship with Jesus, and our vision, this is the way we accomplish the mission, it's birthed out of Ephesians 1, and it's to help all people know God, find freedom, discover a purpose, and make a difference. You're gonna hear this language over and over and over and over, why? Because language has power. When you say things over and over, and then you get people that are united, it becomes powerful. Okay, here's the thing. I'm gonna do a little exercise with you guys. Here's the exercise. I'm gonna to count to three, and I want everyone at the same time, once I hit three, I'm gonna go one, two, three, you're gonna say it, you're gonna all scream out your favorite color. Okay, are we ready? One, two, three, purple. All right, okay, everybody heard that? 
Now, let's go ahead and change the exercise just a little bit up. Now we're going to do the same thing. I'm going to say one, two, three. But this time, I don't want you all to say your own color. I want you to say my color. Everybody's going to say purple, okay? Here we go. One, two, three. Purple. What did you sense? What did you feel? Wasn't it an, yeah, there was power. There was, it, was, it was a powerful word. Like all of a sudden, everyone, when we were all united, when we're all united, there is clarity. We all could hear the word. We all understood the word. I don't know anybody. John, I don't know what color you yelled at. There were so many other people yelling. He's over there. I couldn't hear it. I have no idea. All I heard was about myself. When we're united, we come together with a purpose, and there's clarity, and there's not chaos. And I want you to listen. I want you to, when, there, when, there's, when there's clarity and there's un unity, there's nothing that we can't do together. So I want to share a story about the Tower of Babel. Let's go to Genesis 11, 1 through 9. I'm going to read this little story real quick. And I want you to focus on, on verse 6 as I'm reading it. Um, it says, now the whole earth had one language and same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. And then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top on the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And this is the verse I want you to recognize. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they have all one language and there is this, and this is the beginning of what they will do. And that nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there and the face of all the earth and left them building, let off building the city. And they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel because the Lord confused the language of the earth. And from there, the Lord dispersed them from the face of the earth. The first that I want you to focus on is, and the Lord said, behold, they are one people. They have one language. And this, is the only, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing, nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. So when they became one person, one people, when they had one language, when they were one, and unity and in accord with each other. There was nothing that they was, was impossible for them. Now understand as we go, and I know some of you are like, yeah, but he, he made a mess of that and he went down there in vengeance and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I get it. But you have to understand it's where their hearts were because if you read before and you listened before, it says they want to make a name for themselves. Yeah. So, so if you're starting to make a name for yourself, that's not what God wants. And he says, no, your heart's filled with pride and your heart's filled with ill intentions and not united with God's intentions. The Lord, so then the Lord confused them at that moment. But how exciting is it to know when your heart and your mind and everything that you're about is, is aligned with the assignment of God, that, that, that you're united for God's purposes, how, that it's impossible for us to do something wrong. 
It's impossible for us. That, that unity can bring power in our lives. Not only unity and power for, for our assignment to go out into the world and teach, preach, baptize, tell others about Jesus, but there is power when you unite it as a family to, to sustain the things that families go through. To, to be united as a, as a, a mom when, you're, when your son or your daughter is struggling through things, addictions, mental things, problems, issues. There has to be unite, unity because there's power in that. So some things to note real quick about unity. Some things to note. Unity is not uniformity. In 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 20, it says, For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. The foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if, any, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? And if the, whole hear, if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set his members, each one in the body, just as he is pleased. And if we were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed, there are many members, yet one body. Unity is not uniformity. God uses different people. He uses the differences to do different types of work, to be different people. Your story is different than my story. Your experiences are different than mine. Your strengths are different than mine. Your assignment is different than mine. So where I'm weak, you can be strong. And where you're weak, I'm strong. The church, we've adopted this phrase as greater together because we completely believe this. We believe that your story matters. We believe that what you have been called to do and things that, that, that the talents and the gifts that God is giving you, that they matter. Moms, you matter. Yeah, yeah. You're needed. You're especially created to nurture moms. I'm talking specifically to moms right now because you carry new life in your body. You're sounding boards for your children. They come to you when they don't, they don't know how to figure things out. You give wisdom in those moments. You help your children, you help your spouses. You're amazingly strong and confident even when you don't feel like you do, like you are. Moms, you're carriers of this special kind of love that I, this is my opinion, I believe it's a love that is the exact representation of God's love. That's huge. That's huge. So we gotta stop beating ourselves up, moms. We're doing okay. We're really doing okay. We really are. And nothing is impossible if we are filled with unity. But not only with unity, because remember there's two ingredients, because I could have put the egg and it's still kind of big crumbly. You gotta put the bread too, you know? Love, we have to be filled with love, unity and love. First Corinthians 13, it's also known as the love chapter, right? Everyone knows it. It's, it's traditionally what you use when you get married. Pastor Chino, he even reads it when he's marrying people. He says all these cute things about stuff, right? Um, but the funny thing is, it's, it's, it's about love. But if you continue to read, it's really about the gifts of the Spirit. It's really about the Holy Spirit and how he empowers you and how he gives you gifts 
to do what he's, God has called you to do, right? Pastor Chino, he's, he's been bringing to our attention like these, fat, these, these past few weeks, Paul, you know, he tells us not to be ignorant. And then he teaches us about unity in the body. And then he goes into the first Corinthians, this chapter, the love chapter, and I'm going to read it. Might be a little bit long, but we're going to read it because it's important to understand what he's saying in these things. Though I speak with tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I have, becoming, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have a gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. Love, this is the marriage part, you know, what we use, the love. Love is, suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not reject an iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, but whether they are prophecies, things, I'm sorry, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, they, it will vanish. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, when that is which is perfect has come, then that which is part, that is, I'm sorry, then that which is in part will be done away. And when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but, the face, but then face to face. I know I, I know, now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. Now abide in faith, hope, and love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Love, the greatest of these is love. God has given us gifts for, 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 for the edification of the church. But the greatest thing that he asks us to do is to love. Because it doesn't matter if you have these gifts, but you're not using them with love, it's useless. You can have them all, but if it's not in love and the motive behind it, the intentions is not rooted in love, it's useless. So. So that made me think, you know, well, what exactly is love? I mean, he, he went through all these things, and, but that sounds so hard to accomplish all the time. But, so the, the thing is, is it's, it's there for a purpose, right? So the Greeks, they have four words for love. I'm going to teach you a little. I'm, I'm more of a teacher than a preacher type, but I'm going to teach you something. So in the Greeks, they have four words for love, and, and it's, it's like four four ways to love someone. And the first one is storie, which is your family love, which is what we're celebrating today. It's the, the, the love that a parent has for a child, right? A mom love and, and a child for a parent. It's that natural instinctual love, the family bond that you feel. And then there's this love that's called philia. And that's your friend love, which also is known as your brotherly love, 
things of that, where you, friendship, you know, I love my friend. And then there's the Eros love, which is the romantic love. That's Chino's favorite love, as you can tell. <laughs> he's like, he's, he's always talking about the Eros love when it comes to me and him. <laughs> and then there's the, the agape love, right? There's the unconditional love, also known as God's love. But here's the thing, there's, there's those types of loves and you can hear and you can, you can, you can, you know, have the definition of those things. But love isn't just a feeling. There's, there's an action to it. And, and that's where 1 Corinthians comes in and starts saying, well, love is, is not giving up easily. Love is satisfying. Love doesn't show off. Love is kind. Love puts others first. It multiplies. Love is strong. So, so there's things that you have to do to give love because it, it requires an action. So here's a couple things to know when, when we're talking about love because when you're filled with love, love is inclusive. And this is, this is how you know it's inclusive. Have you, have you ever had a boss or maybe a teacher and they're just, just mean, mean as a whistle. It's funny because this morning, Abby was like, um, you know, we're done with this part of school, which is an after school program. And, you know, there's this one teacher and she's just mean, mom. I just don't like her. She's always making me go to the back of the line. I'm not doing anything wrong. But, you know, she was just, she was just talking about how mean this person. And we've all had that one person that's like, you're just mean. I don't like you or, or you're just too negative. Like, I, I, I can't. I, here's the thing. You can sense it. Even if they're not like, even if they're not directly being mean to you, kind of can just sense that, exactly. right? <laughs> but then you talk about a person who loves, right? And you talk about uh, someone who like is full of love and, and they don't even do anything to you. You can kind of sense it. Think about maybe your mama or your grandma, like, or, or that one person that like, you know what, they didn't have too much. Maybe they, they you know, they, they, they weren't like, super, super, uh, like, uh, went to college and had a whole lot of money and, but you know, they were smart and they could cook a good meal for you. And those hugs, you could just kind of like sink into them and you just felt, and you just wanted to be around them. You wanted to be included wherever that person was because you can just sense the love because love is inclusive. When you are loving, when you give love, you want you, you include people into that. It's like it, it draws them in. I remember when I was in college. So this is a long time ago. I was like years ago. But I was in college and I played softball for college. And so I got a scholarship and they would, uh, uh, you had to go to practice every day, but you also had to go to class and stuff. So I would schedule all my classes early in the morning. And then I'd have this little break. And then I'd go um, to practice in the afternoon. And I was like, well, I lived far. It was like 45 minutes away from the college campus. And I was just like, I don't want to drive all the way home to come back in an hour. So I got to figure something out. So some, I, I started remembering that, oh my, my goodness, my grandmother, her house, if I would drive like, like six or seven minutes over the bridge, she was there and I could go. So I went to her house one day, I knocked on the door and said, hi grandma, hi grandpa, can I come in and hang out? And this became my thing. For an entire year, 
while I was in college, I'd go to their house every day. And they would cook, and they would give me like little, I mean, not cook, like, you know, full-on meals, but a ham and cheese sandwich. I mean, when you're in college, you're, you're happy about a ham and cheese sandwich, right? They would make me something to eat, or if I wasn't hungry, I'd be like, no, grandma, I don't want, do you want coffee, do you want, they're always wanting to, and they just wanted me to be around, and they just fill me with love, and I just wanted to be around them. Because whenever I went over there, I was just like, okay, what are you guys doing? And they would literally watch their shows, right? Okay, every grandma does. Her and my grandfather's show was Murder, She Wrote. I don't know if anybody knows anything about that, but I would watch, I mean, this, this show is like super old. Even for me at that time, I was just, now it's even more old, but like, I was like, this is crazy. I don't watch Murder, She Wrote, but I would sit there and watch Murder, She Wrote with my grandma and my grandpa every day because it was important and they loved me so much and they wanted to take care of me. Come back, come back, don't worry about it. You can come every day, don't worry about it. The love that they gave me wanted me to be, I felt like I was included. I, I could go into their house at that time. It was the greatest feeling. When we meet as a team here at Greater Church, guess what we tell? What, I mean, we don't, if, if you don't have this gift and you're struggling in the area of love, we don't put you in the front. Why? Because when people walk through the door, they, we want them to feel loved. We want them to feel included here at Greater Church. We want them to understand no matter where they are in the journey that they belong before they behave. It's okay. Come in. We love you. We love you. Come see what we're all about. Not only that, it's the second thing about love is that it covers a multitude of sins. In 1 Peter 4, 8, Above all things, have fervent love for one another, for the love, for love will co cover a multitude of sins. I remember, I remember uh, Levi was what, like eight, seven, eight, nine, I don't know, eight or nine years old. So at this time, you know, my, my son was heavily involved in the gaming of Fortnite, okay? Uh-huh, exactly. He still has his account. Like, he wants to sell it and all. That's how important it was to him. I was like, stupid. Anyways, <laughs> Fortnite, okay? So in this game, you, you would play the game, but then you'd have to, you'd have to get these things called V-Bucks. And it's like dollars, but they're in the game. You earn them, and then you can buy things like skins, which are just literally clothes that you would, outfits that you would put on your character, or little guns, or whatever. Silly things. It's a game, right? It's fun. So... Here's the thing, he was eight or nine, and he also watched YouTube, which, just be careful, okay? I'm not condoning YouTube, I mean, I'm not saying YouTube's bad, but I'm not also saying YouTube's really great. Just be careful what your kids are watching. Anyways, he was watching this, and there was this guy, and he was teaching him how to cheat the system, right? If you do this, and you do that, you could get a bunch of V-Bucks, and he was like, oh, I'm gonna be a millionaire in Fortnite, right? That's what he thought, okay? So he started going down this line and doing these little things, and he said the, the, uh, the thing he had to do was change something in the programming of the PlayStation. So the guy told him to change the date or do this and that, and when he did it, it didn't work. He didn't get V-Bucks. But then he started freaking out because he didn't know how to put it back to the way that he originally was, so he started to freak out. And he came running upstairs. Me and Channel just hanging out in the room, and he's literally <gasps> hysterical. Oh my God, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I don't know. And we're thinking, like, somebody is dying downstairs. Like, Ryan just has blood all over his body, and he is dead on the floor. We have no idea what's going on. He comes up to us, and he's just like, 
hey, uh, I don't know. And we're like, okay, take a deep breath and calm down and tell us what happened. He says, I was trying to get V-Bucks and I tried to do and he just went off. And then Chino, obviously, being the great father that he is, right, decides, decides <laughs> to put a little fire into the, you know, to the pit of, of his misery right now and says, Levi, how could you do that? How I'm going to have to go to jail now? They're on the way. What did you do? And then obviously Levi goes another level hysteric. Now, okay, if you don't know Levi, he's just, he's, he can be hysterical, but he can go to a whole nother level that maybe some of you have never seen. And this is where he was at. Crazy. I finally, I finally look at Tino and I'm like, bro, stop, man. Just stop. Just stop. And Tino starts to laugh. And, she, and Levi's still like crying. But then he begins to comfort and says, okay, babe, like, bud, like, it's okay. I'll fix it. It's okay. What did you do? Thank God for passwords. You know, we always put passwords. So they didn't get any kind of information from us. He wasn't able to send any of our, our you know, card information or anything like that. But he, you know, he starts talking to me. He said, you can't do stuff like this when you, sh when you cheat or you try to cheat the system, and we use it as a learning opportunity to, to teach Levi something. But, you know, it, it, was, it, was, it was Chino's love and my love that overshadowed him. It was, it was our love that was like, you know what, we're, we're gonna make up for this mistake by loving you. Yes, we could have got angry. Why would you do that? Do you understand that? You could have messed everything up. You're punished forever. You can't cheat. And, and we could have gone down that road. But now we said, you know what? We're going to love you through this. We're going to, because love maximizes, right? Love empowers. It helped him understand, okay, I made a mistake, but my parents still love me through this. And guess what? Now he's careful. He's much more careful about what he watches on YouTube. And he's much more careful about, like, whenever he has to do something on the PlayStation, he comes to mom or dad even now and says hey I gotta fix this and I need to fix it can you help me love covers a multitude of sins that was a little thing it's not a big deal but understand that that love covers our sins and isn't that a beautiful picture of the gospel what God did for us he covered our sin he sent his son to die on the cross to cover our sins he walks us through those things when we're hysterical and we do something that is like, I don't know what I'm gonna do and I completely messed up. God fills us with his love and he covers us. And then he reminds us what, what Jesus did on the cross. What did he do on the cross for us? Because the last thing I wanna explain to you is that love, it demands a demonstration. And that's what Jesus did. It's a verb. Love is a verb, just like I was, it takes an action. The things that we, we listed out, it takes being kind. It takes having patience. It takes work. You can tell your wife, you can tell your kids, you can tell your husband that you love them. But if you don't do anything to demonstrate it to them, is it really love? You don't, if you don't take them out, you don't spend time with them, if you don't buy them gifts, if you don't actually do something for them when they're struggling, 
if you're not physical and giving hugs and kisses, if you're not giving affirmations, and I get it. You know what? Some of us struggle in this area. Some of us struggle in this area because we don't understand what love is. And that's why I went through some of the things where you can have like a mental, some people have to understand definitions of things to be able to act out in things. Not only that is if you've never received it, you don't know how to do it because you're not learned. But a way to learn is to hear it, to understand it mentally, let it get into your heart so then it can come out through actions. It may be hard to demonstrate because it is something that you've never been taught. Maybe, maybe you're just emotionally drained. I understand that. You can be in a position where all you do is give. All you do is give love. And you can get to a point where you're like, I can't do this anymore. But let me tell you something. It's in the scriptures. God said he's shown us. He has showed us how to do that. Re-listen to this part about love later on if you're struggling in this area. Go to the verses in the Bible. God has given us the ex ultimate example of love. Allow the Holy Spirit to begin to move in this area of your life. In Romans 5, 8, it says, but God demonstrated his love towards us that in while, we, while yet we were still sinners, he died, Christ died for us. We can only be loved. We can only show love because we've been loved first. And here's the deal. Like I said, some of you don't know that. Some of you don't ex have never experienced love. Some, some of you struggle with that idea. But there's one thing that is truth, and it's hard truth in our lives, is that we are loved. We are loved by God. And he demonstrated that to us by sending his son. He united himself to us through his son, Jesus Christ. He brought unity. And then at our worst, he loved us and he still believes in us. We have to live in unity. We have to live with love. If we want our lives to flourish, if we want the Holy Spirit to flourish in and through us, he's given us the helper, the key. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and 